I'm gonna pedal around in that Midwest dirt until the sun goes down. I might get stuck in the mud, but I'd rather get lost out here than anywhere else. I'm gonna pedal around in that Midwest dirt. Hey, mountain bike rail listeners, this is Ben Wilnack, and I just wanted to do a quick intro to explain what this is all about so this midwest dirt show for the next probably two weeks will be hijacked with what i'm calling the fat bike berkey special Uh, i'm going to be highlighting locals people from the berkey racers and everybody that i can find that's attached to this race somehow to bring you the experience the people the stories the stories about the area the stories about the race and uh, that's what this is. So all these interviews coming up from Midwest Dirt, I think, apply to everybody out there, whether you're from the Midwest or not. I know a lot of you who aren't from the Midwest and probably don't really care. I'd encourage you to listen anyway, because some of the stories uh, apply to everybody. And it's something that if you are into fat biking or not, I think you'll get way more about the experience than the bikes themselves and the race themselves. Um, That's part of it, but I think in terms of all of it, it's not a huge part of it. We will probably talk about tech, probably not uh, too big into detail other than asking people what they were running during the race or that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so that's what this is going to be all about. You'll hear this intro in several different episodes, but uh, I just wanted to give you a heads up. If you have any questions about that, comments, whatever it is, uh, you can shoot me an email. It's ben at mountainbikeradio.com. And for anybody out there, you definitely have an open invite to come on up to our neck of the woods. We have plenty of fat bike season left. I would say probably a month at this point at least. We have so much snow. Um, But that's it. So thank you for listening. And like I said, even if you're not from the Midwest and you're not into fat biking i would definitely just give it a listen for a little while give it a chance and uh you can get some of the local flavor see what's going on in our neck of the woods and uh, that's it so thank you for listening thank you for supporting mountain bike radio i really appreciate it and, uh, enjoy. so this is ben wellneck uh, ben hall will be here later in the week uh, but i'm on my yeah, Ben Hall. You'll meet Ben. He's from New Hampshire. Bring him in for the weekend. So. He could be part of our relay team. We could swap out Ben Cantor's. Oh, so I... Because oh, Ben yeah. Cantor's is going to be slow. So Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. All right, so this is Ben <laughs> Ben Wellnack. I'm here with Ben Pop and Christy Mackey. We are in the Berkey office. Christy, she's been on before. Ben's been on before. Uh, but we're going to be talking about Fat Bike Berkey. Probably some other stuff. Um, but yeah, so we're in the Berkey office recording... And Christy is the event director for all the events, right? Run, right, ski, all of them. And bike. Yep. Ben apparently does everything. 23 <laughs> hours a day. Ben Pop is executive director of the, what is it, official? American Berkebiner Ski Foundation. Yeah, I just. Yeah, right. Just rolls so right off your to, tongue. Yeah, so used to saying just Berkey's right down the street, uh, which is really cool. Second year of here doing this. Um, yeah, it's yeah. cool the second year. Because now you know people and you're more involved yep. and. All right, so we'll get to the specifics of the Fat Bite Berkey. But first, because uh, I know listeners are just dying to hear 
cross country skis. I just want <laughs> my whole my whole idea with the fat bike Berkey stuff is just to give people an idea of the experience around it. Right. So anybody mm-hmm. can talk about bikes and components and tires and tire pressure. I'm just I'm so worn out with tire pressure discussion <laughs> that I don't want to talk about anymore. And I just want to bring an experience, so that's why I want to have you guys on because obviously you're behind the scenes. Um, all right, so let's talk about ski. How'd the ski go? Ski race. It was, I think it went it went really well. We lucked out again and had fantastic weather for for both Friday and Saturday and Thursday for the kids' event. So we had a whole week of really great weather and and lots of fun and lots of people around and lots of skiers and lots of spectators and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think too part of it that you realize, and it's a lot like the Berkey is like the fat bike Berkey that so much of the people that come are not about like super diehard racers. Of course, they want to challenge themselves and do as well as they can, but it's about that experience of I'm going to the Northwoods where, man, I might not have cell coverage. There's going to be thousands of people that think just like me, friends and family, and just that unbelievable excitement. So you have good conditions uh, with snow. Uh, weather was warm. There's this impending doom of a huge storm yeah. coming, which I, it adds to it that that is like all the ingredients that you throw into the kettle to make it just an unbelievable experience. Yeah, uh, I, I think the uh, the impending snowstorm actually brought people. It was something that everybody kind of talked about, and there was like the yeah. rally because that's what bad weather does. Like cold weather, winter, like it's kind of like we feel like we're in it together. Oh yeah. And there was definitely a, it's all people talked about on Saturday. Oh yeah. Right. Friday, and it increases the camaraderie. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Friday was really busy. Yeah. So Friday yeah. was busy, way busier than last year. Like up and down the street. It was. I think street. there are a lot of people around. I think we're trying to get areas where you, you can kind of co-mingle with your other skiers and your family and friends and, and have a little um, places to talk about how your race went and, and, just to, to have a little more camaraderie together and, and have that interaction with everyone. I think that's what people really want. You can go and do a race, but if there's nobody at the end to talk to about it, it's not that much fun. Yeah. So we're trying to kind of develop these areas where you can hang out for a while. And, yeah, I think this regroup. year worked out a little bit. It's a little bit more. It, it worked out a lot better than last year. We didn't, we didn't have any problems last year or right. this year compared to last year. Like, right. I don't and think I, I t- on the phone like, hey, Christy, we need like it just kind of worked. Yeah, I think it went pretty smooth, yeah. and the changes that we made from last year to this year really helped a yeah. lot. And there's no late night text like, "Hey, did you remember to get the?" <laughs> right. You did a much better job this year. Oh, I was it worked <laughs> out, and the having not having the snow at the end, the guys didn't get stuck, and it just right. it worked out pretty well. So, we yeah, it's, a lot. I mean, part of it you think too that you work through it every year gets a little bit better and a little bit better. You learn from it because you have this continuity of same volunteers oftentimes doing the same jobs this office staff everybody having gone through and it you learn from it and you know i think a lot of people i mean the most important thing i think the bike racing ski racing are the small little races that you know if it's a little club does it as a fundraiser over in green bay or milwaukee or madison whatever those are those are really important races and those experiences but then I think to have a culminating events like something like the Berkey, mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to run it with a professional staff. I mean, there's 15 full-time employees plus another 10 or 12 part-time plus then all these volunteers. And so the idea that you can really professionalize that event just as if you were at a World Cup race. Uh, I was just talking to Al Serrano, who used to be here. Mm-hmm. He was uh, They're getting ready for the World Championships um, uh, in two years from now. They were just at Seyfeld. 
talking about their OC has four full-time employees to get ready for the world championships. Well, think about that. I mean, so right. that's the highest level of competition. Now you have a group of, you know, even more so that are completely, that's what their profession is. It isn't like, oh, I kind of do it once in a while. Oh, I do it on site. No, that's all they do is think about and work through and have an unbelievable education understanding of how to put on an amazing event right. and what that experience should look like. So it's pretty darn cool uh, right yeah. here in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And you know, the other thing is Bert, how many years is it? 45th this year. Yep. It's funny that it's 45 years, but we're still like, still tweaking years. Things. oh yeah. It's right. constant. Well, think right. about, I mean, I love looking at the picture from 1973 there was 35 dudes and one lady out on the middle of the, uh, you know, the lake. And no groom yeah. course. No groom course. Like, you go, here's where you start. There's your finish line. Hope you can yeah. find your well, way in between. And talk to Kurt Proctor, who is now our groomer. Yeah. He was part of some of those early groomings when they used uh, downhill pair of skis pulled behind a snowmobile. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Crazy. Ready? Hang on. Here we go. Yeah. 55 kilometers later. Yeah. So it's the same thing with not to, I'm not trying to make a transition here, but same thing with fat bikes. Now that's why the fat bike was such a fat bike. Berkey was such a big deal. Was it the seventh year now? I don't even know. 2013 was 1819. So seven. seven. Yeah. yeah. And that's why it was such a big deal then, because back, it's not even that long ago, but seven years ago, people didn't have, barely had grooming equipment. They were using tires, you know, some right. weights, boards, mm -hmm. snowshoes. So then when you guys, you know, when that this popped up and they're like, this is stuff we can't ride normally. Yeah. It's perfectly groomed. It's two weeks after the, I mean... It was yeah. a no-brainer. Well, and it's interesting. If you talk to Scott Chapman, who was instrumental in starting the race, he was on the board at the time, was getting into fat biking, obviously, and was like, oh, we should do this. And I think there was a lot of pushback um, initially from the ABSF board of directors, like, whoa, I don't know about this. And, uh, you know, he was like, hey, listen, the, the Berkey's done. It's a great way to get a whole other group of people out. Let's do it. And... Pfft, here it is now well over a thousand people are going to show up and it is back to, you know, there's some amazing trails and at Worth and in Green Bay and Cuyuna, all these other places. But here we're fortunate enough to have five piston bully machines that can go out and absolutely pummel the snow yeah. and turn it into rock hard, like a snow highway for God's sake. So right. it is pretty fun to, to be able to offer that opportunity. Yeah. And, it's funny. The board said that because I just recorded with Joel. Be yeah, my court and uh, listeners, you can just dig back and listen to that. But he said at Trek, like he was the one that he took. He he basically he recorded it on air uh, on air <laughs> that he uh, he was responsible for them being a little slow on fat bikes because he's like, nah, it's a fad. No way. So early on yeah. for them, even yeah, you know, it was a thing right. where it was like, well, it I wasn't think they caught up. But, yeah. yeah, they caught up pretty quickly, but you know, he said that even then it was for him, it was, well, so. I remember too, I was here right after the first one. Uh, and, um, there was still a fair amount of, you know, trepidation from the mm -hmm. staff, some of the board members, the groomers, like, Oh, I don't know. This, this is a fad. This thing ain't going to last. And, you know, but I think the local bike shops, you know, new moon and Riverbrook, those guys really embraced it. They saw it. They were here. They were living in the middle of it. And like, hey, guys, this is. And then obviously, you know, QBP being here in the Midwest is pretty instrumental, I think, in 
getting that ball rolling from an equipment standpoint, obviously, that, uh, I mean. And I think you can see, like I always said, I'm a skier. I don't have time to ski and fat bike. Well, now I own a fat bike. And it definitely, you know, there's room for both. And I think a lot of our staff even can recognize that, you know, there's a lot there's a lot to do around here, and, and you can fat bike and ski, and they can live harmoniously together. And yeah. Well, and even trail not? use, that's, yeah. that's the other one that we're now, we are working through, because there is still the friction, as you know, between skiers, well, the 5% of the skiers and bikers that, well, no, it's a ski trail. Well, no, that's a bike trail, and, and even like a double O, we have this great new building. The trails kind of all intersect there, and there's combined trails of a couple hundred meters only, but yet we're still... Hey, you know, a skier will call and say, oh, darn it, there was a fat biker. Well, I know that's how they get to their trail. It's okay. And, you know, so yeah. working through that we can all live together. We all want these trails and, and can live harmoniously. Is How long do you think that this just works itself out, just age of people kind of thing? Or how's that, how does that work out here? I mean, I just see it as we just keep working on it. And I think so. Five years from now, it'll be a non-issue. Because 10 years ago, it was like, yeah. Don't even go near remotely close (laughs) to anything. Well, and I think we're lucky because here we do have separate trails. And even though they converge in some spots and we have to share the trails, we don't have to share the majority of the trails all of the time. And so I think it's just kind of a little education. Like this is how the safest way to travel to these trails. And, and And you know, I think it's simple things too, like Hosta, they share, you know, like Hosta's Facebook page, they'll share that the fat bike trails got groomed. It's a ski club group sharing that. Can you believe that yeah, ever? I, exactly. You know, so I little things. And that's like how that it should be. Like we want to ski on our ski trails. We want you yeah. to ski on your fat bike trails. So let's all share the information. I don't like, know. It's not that easy. It, but it should be. I know, but it's <laughs> not. Well, so, and then here's the next one. Then even snowmobilers. I mean, really, in theory, right? We all just want to recreate well, I, on trails in the woods. So. In theory, we should all be our all best friends, right? You want to snowmobile on your trail. I want to ski on my trail. Christy wants to fat bike on her trail. We're all trail advocates. We might do it differently, but ah, we all got to work together. Otherwise, it's too easy to say, no, nope, yeah. none. Then we're all shut out. Yeah. Right. All right. So this is a, before we go down that rabbit hole, I, I want to <laughs> bring it back because that's a, a different discussion that we, you know, we can have at any point. You mentioned it, Christy. I want to give listeners an idea of why you, why you like it here so much. I mean, it's pretty clear you're, you have a lot of stuff going on, but you still have time to get out and out in the woods. So, right. what is it? How? Where are you originally from? I'm from Moran, Minnesota. Okay. And how long have you been in this area? I've been in here for almost 20 years, okay. on and off. So wow. you're like a local. I know. It's and Ben, how scary. long have you been here? I moved here in 2013, but okay. I was originally from Phillips, Phillips. which is yeah. You know, 50, 60 miles east of here. So, yeah, so you're Northwoods. Originally, then I lived in the big city for a while, which was great. There were just too many people. Right. And so, uh, so what do you take your turn? And Ben can take his turn. What do you you like about all this? You mentioned that we have separate trails for everything because we have the room. And what else do you give listeners an idea? Yeah, well, it's great for me. I mean, I can step out of my house and go for a run, a bike, a ski. And I'm at the trailhead within five minutes for any of those different things. I can road bike, I can mountain bike, I can fat bike, I can do all kinds of different skiing. And there's snowshoe trails. There's there's so many options to keep yourself moving and healthy um, outdoors here. And it's not far away. It doesn't have to. And with working and having kids, yeah, it can it can it all fits in because it's so close and so handy. And there's even within that small 
you know, area, there's lots of different kinds of trails and lots of different, you know, easy trails, hard trails, lots of different levels. So I can go out with my kids and I can go out by myself and get different experiences all from the same spot. And I think that's, I mean, that's something to really, really be valued that you don't have to make a day of it because it's right there. It can be part of your day every day. Something else I do every once in a while uh, is just drive a different, like, I'll just go down Phipps, just drive down Phipps, drive out in the woods, turn around, see what's going on. Just because I'm like, I'm going to get the hell out of here. And I just like to be able to do that. Well, not so much now because you probably get stuck. But stuck. like during the summer, you can just, you know, you go Thanum, Phipps, whatever it is, like just to take a long way. Or Mosquito Brook, just to go through the woods a little bit. Right. Well, and, and it's gone. really cool because you like, get you can't to get, see. You don't even have cell service in some of the spots. So, like, Earl. Well, yeah, you guys don't even. Are you are you even on the grid yet? <laughs> <laughs> so, but to your point, that it, I'm very much one of the reasons we moved here is what you just said. It's like that's part of your daily thing. Like right. the kids don't know any different. You just go home from right. on the way home from school to go fishing is not a big deal. There's a town actually for, uh, halfway between here and Minneapolis. I forgot the name of it. Their built their town sign says "work during the day" or "fish after work" or something at, like at that. Grantsburg. Yeah, oh, Grantsburg. Yeah, Grantsburg. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like work, work and, and fish, then fish the same all day on the same something. day. Yeah, 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 something like that. And that that is that's a key point, I think. So. It is, and you just you really I feel like you get to know a lot of people in your community, and you get to know the landscape of everything because you're out on it all the time and, and you're meeting yeah. different people and you're seeing different riders and skiers and it's just it's really neat you that's a really cool community here that of a lot not everyone is really active here but there are a lot of active people mm-hmm. here and and there's just different levels of that and everybody can kind of find yeah. that they're where they belong in that and it's pretty neat it's up north time you go to l&m to get something it's like <laughs> You end up talking to three people, and it's an hour late. But I'll go into the grocery store, and my kids will say, "Mom, no talking today." <laughs> it's because it takes that much longer, ben? but it's good. Can you imagine him? <laughs> I don't talk much. Yeah. So what do you what do you think? What keeps you here besides you mean, mean the obvious? Well, I mean, having grown up nearby in a small community, I think mm-hmm. it's either well, it's two things. One, like you, what you guys have already iterated, that it's if you like to be outside active, it doesn't get any better. But I think even more so, I mean, and a great place to raise your kids, but you're less than two hours, at least from Earl, to Minneapolis. So you can be... Earl's a town just south of Hayward, by the way. You can... uh, There are quotes quotes in town that's in quotation marks. On the beautiful Nemecoggin, mind you. Yeah, Um, oh no, it's... um, you know, you can be in Duluth in an hour, Minneapolis, just over two. So you can have that urban experience if you want. You want to go see a play. You want to go to a Vikings game, go to Duluth and see mm-hmm. the aquarium, whatever it is. You can do those things. But yet then in the, feel like you're back in the middle of nowhere. And it is certainly a great place to raise kids. And, and I, you know, one of the interesting things I tell people that about living in a small town like Hayward where you do see a lot of folks over and over, especially in the small community of the silent sport group or whatever, that either you like that everybody knows who you are and what you did, um, or or you don't. But on the flip side, if you need anything, there'll be 10 people there to help you out. So it's a catch 22. You can live in anonymity in a big city, but then it's also sometimes a lot more difficult when you do need something here. Everybody knows exactly what you did last night, but then they also, Oh, you need help with that. 10 people show up. So, and I think that's also then the feel of the events, right? Think of the Berkey 
3,000 people right. turn out to host the world right here or the fat bike. I mean, people are so proud that there's a thousand plus fat bikers coming to this community in a couple days. I mean, they love that. We have too many volunteers for the aid stations. I mean, how great is that? Oh, really? Right. So, <laughs> you know, the fact that they want to be a part of it, they love that energy um, and what that means. And they're proud of the community. So I think that's, what's a great place uh, to live here that, there's a lot of small communities all over, but this one has such a unique feel because of these great events brings in just a, a really, uh, some pretty cool stuff. So. Yeah. I was talking to Gary Crandall and Joel V we were recording and he, Gary mentioned, you know, it goes back to Tony wise and just kicking, you know, getting this, the ball rolling. I mean, mm-hmm. any, you know, Phillips, it's the same. It's probably even bigger, isn't it? Phillips is bigger than Hayward. About the same. Maybe. Yeah. Well, it's, it's similar. Yeah. But there's a million of those type of towns, right? Right. Where this, if we didn't have all these different events and things going on, it would just be another. Just be another it, lake town. Yeah. It would just be another. Right. I mean, which isn't bad. I'm just, it's right. like to live in a place like this and to have those events, it's, it's like living in a college town. Like once the kids come back to school, like it's like, all right, I might be 10 years older, but you know what? For that period of time, it's like, all right. People just, what is this? What is, uh, I keep getting older and the, what's the Matthew McConaughey? Uh, days of confused. Right, yeah, yeah. Anyhow, um, the, uh, but that's what the feeling is. So. Right. Cause this could, it's... this could be another spooner or siren, you know, except someone, you know, 40 yeah. years ago said, Hey, let's, let's try this out. And then they started building trails and now we have trails all over the place and it's really created a unique area here. Yeah. Well, and, and but, I think there's even more coming, right? The idea of between yeah, Canva so, and Berkey and all those things, the opportunity is only going to grow. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's some things in motion that are... Well, yeah, I mean, I think even look back to what Tony's vision was in 19... Late 60s, early 70s, he had the Coliseum and, and had the Lodge, but it was, the center point was all these trails and recreation. Yeah. And then he just also happened to have this big Lodge that, oh yeah, come do the yeah. recreation and stay here, by the way. So I think he had that vision of what brought people here was being active outside. Yeah. He just maybe didn't have the greatest business sense, obviously. Yeah. Or I, and let's face it though, energy prices and interest rates in oh, the mid seventies would have sunk anybody the way he was leveraged. I mean <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's just you're an accountant, you know. Yeah, it it's, work. it's it's just <laughs> I think the reason I said there's, you know, things in the works, I think there's just people that have People in the kind of good positions now or maybe a little bit younger too where they have we realize that what we have I think for a long time we kind of sat on yeah we have resorts and this is the way we've always done it and this is it's yeah and like you you got here in 2013 when did you become executive director 2013 yeah. yeah I mean it's only been five six years it's not a long time you know no. so right. and how long have you been running event director not long, just right? for a little over a year. Yeah, so mm-hmm. be able to talk to you about events, and then you're coaching and you're working with different things. So like, just the fact that we're sitting here talking about all this stuff is it's a pretty good. I just right. you talk to old people or crabby. We've talked about it off air, but you know, crabby about the events and this. It's just because they want it the way it was in 1955 when everyone showed up at a resort, stayed there for ten days, stayed on a lake, and that's what it was. Like, it's just not the way it is. And I think now we have some, at least the conversations there that 
you know, hey, we're, we're you know right. what? And We've we are had doing all some along. good for the community yeah. and, and we should encourage it because look at all the people that we're bringing yeah. up here. It's amazing the number of people that come up here to ski, bike, yeah. run. I mean, they're, just, they're coming up year round and it's fantastic. Yeah. We've just always had it in the upper Midwest. There's so many other places. Cayuna, Duluth, Marquette, everything's rolling now. It's like, hey, we've been here this whole time doing our thing. So mm-hmm. um, if we if this reaches a few more people that way, then good. All right. So Fat Bike Berkey, let's talk specifics, uh, what people can kind of schedule, what they need to know. Yeah. Um, Three events um, starting Friday, this Friday, at 10 a.m. The expo and uh, bike plate pickup opens up 10 to 7 on Friday. You can go and, and uh ride the courses 47k 21k and the new this year the 10k tour which is an untimed event just to kind of see what these uh, fat bike races are all about um, don't feel that pressure about having to go super fast because you're still figuring out your bike or your tire mm-hmm. pressure or whatever um, so just trying to try the the shorter untimed event and, and get a, a taste lot of, of people it. sign up for that because my uh, gut says yes we have 50 people right now, okay. which is more than... Because uh, there's a lot of... I noticed this year more than any with the Frozen 40. And talking to Peter with mm. uh, Norpine, the number of new people is huge. Right, Like well, half did... the people that showed up to the race this year were new. In the past, it was never like that. Right. It's always the same old people showing up. Right. The people that were doing year-round racing. Yeah. Or showing and now, up. And now like, it's, it's expanding. Yeah, and it's we weird. did... In December, we did our first um, Ladies Fat Bike Getaway uh, so that was actually an opportunity for women to come here, get out on our trails. We did a lot of coaching, a lot of skill work. Um, and that booked I, up right away. Yeah, that booked up in no time. We had, <laughs> like a, we had to find had to more, more coaches people. and yeah, open yeah. it up again. Yeah, it was really exciting to see that uh, there. There's, I think there are a lot of new people that want to get into the sport and figure things out. And so it's exciting to be able to open up some venues for them and, and get them here. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, well, and I, I think part of it is, too, you give them a different experience again that's like, wow, this is pretty awesome. I can go ride my fat bike anytime, anywhere, mm-hmm. on trails, etc. But now I get to do it with a thousand other people that yeah. are like-minded. So rather than me being at work and I'm the weird guy that talks about fat bikes all the time, now I'm surrounded by people that talk fat bikes. And it's fun for me. You see the people that are like, you know, the, the Ted Kings of the world that are professional bike racers – all the way down to the people that are like, can I rent a bike for this? Or is there a demo I can <laughs> right. try? I just yeah. always want to try it. Right. And they can feel comfortable trying it. That's cool to me. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. I think that's, uh, well, we'll talk about that. All right. There, it's just, there's a huge conversation that he keeps hitting on is the, the regular person. Right. You know, it's like we, we just ignore, sometimes I think it's easy to ignore the regular person when they make up like, 95% of the entire, you know, exactly. out of your thousand people, 950 are just normal people who are just right. trying to get, do the right. best just they can. Right, just need, you know, something. It's always good, I think, to have an event like this, like on your calendar, because it kind of keeps you motivated, and you don't have to win. You don't have to go super you're probably fast. probably not going to win. No, you're probably not going <laughs> to win. And, you know, and it doesn't, at an event like this, it doesn't matter, because it's just something to keep you motivated and in shape yeah. and healthy. and Yeah. So... Well, go ahead, Ben. No, I was just going to say, I think that's part of it is that I think we strive so hard as an organization to put on an event that you want to accommodate the elite athletes because they are a part of it. But yeah, at the end absolutely. of the day, 99% of your time is spent. How do we get the person that's going to take two hours to do the 20K 
to have a good time and feel mm-hmm. like they cared about me, that they were thinking about me, that I was going to be out there for two hours and the aid station was set up for me too. And there was still a yeah. hot dog when I got back and plenty right. of cold beer. Oh, yeah. that, that That is what you strive for because they they are who we are. I mean, we're the same. Put Ben out there. He'll be out there for two hours too on the 20K. And so what is it that gives them that awesome experience? Um, yeah. So, uh, back to the sketch. We see this rabble. And we're going to have jumps too this year. Kurt's going to build some jumps. Not ne- on course. Next to the course. It's going to be great. Yes. Though. Well, it was I mean, built part last of the- year too. Well, that was on that course. That was on and course. And Christy ixnated. <laughs> so we're throwing her under the bus. Well, you is- are going to make some though. No, yeah. Kurt's going to build Just some over near by the, the start near the, oh, cool. the course. So, so that you can then go So out. come on Friday because yeah. you can demo bikes and you can try out No, like, no, we're not going to jump. This cool stuff. We'll bring it right back, Kevin. Yeah. So he, that's a really good idea though. Make right? like a little park to yeah, just a little kinda... play stuff to play on and yeah. try it out and yeah. yeah. Okay, so sorry, uh, demo starts at ten or yeah. demo uh, expo. Expo starts, starts at, 10. at ten, where you can demo, pick and up you your can bike, start play. riding the trail anytime because that's what ten to three. The the trails are all all the courses are open from ten to three. Okay, so the forty seven k, the twenty one k, and the ten k will all be signed. Um, by Friday morning, and you can ride any portion okay. of those. And you don't want people showing up Friday night, getting into town, and go ride. No, because the groomers will be out. Yeah, yeah. So that's I just uh, want to make that clear. Yes. Yeah, once the course yeah. closes, it's not because we're like, oh, it's, let's close it now. It's because now we we're going to have a bunch of grooming machines out there, and it's actually soft, right? Right behind them, they're tilling it right to set up really hard, and so it gets you know, especially with the forecast. I think it's supposed to be upper twenties, thirty, yeah. something like that. So, and then cool at night. It's going to be it's just like, be... well, probably not as so good as last year. Last year was about as good Yeah, as I don't know if it can ever make that magic happen, but yeah. they're oh, out zero, there. It started off at zero degrees, so it was rock hard. And by the time right. we were like, talking about for that morning low right now. Yeah. Um, like 12 or. Oh, it was. Yeah. The... So cold enough. It's going to yeah, be. Yeah, it's going to be cold. It's and sunny on Friday. So the sun will come out and start to transform in a little bit and then down That'll to 10. Good. And then up to 36. I mean, and so you 10 can't. should set it up pretty firm. Yeah, I mean, you can't really You could be riding better. like uh, your road bike out there. Yeah, like last year I Maybe. had just a plus bike. <laughs> well, you rode a plus bike. That's yeah. right. Basically, what was your tire yeah. pressure? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's a squeeze. You go like this. It like, felt oh, good. good enough. I, you know what my tire pressure was? My tire pressure was I could ride the hills that people were walking pressure. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And the groomers are out all week focusing on those courses. And so. it's cold the next few days, too. It's like, cold. really cold. So, Sorry. like, it's the grounds. Like, it was 25 below this morning. So. Yeah. I rode right. the, or I rode, I skied on it. Because um, you can't ride some, them until Friday. I know, I know. I corrected myself. I skied on them Saturday after they f- did a couple grooming passes on the courses that aren't normally skied on that are just for the Fat Bike Berkey Old Cordelope Trail and stuff. And yeah, already it's, fr- I mean, I had no mm-hmm. problem skiing on it. Like, Hit jam and poles into it, cool. and it was farm. So I think that even those lighter used sections of trail are going to be cool, pretty darn yeah. nice. But just stay cool. on the trail because if you go off the trail, yeah. you like are going to be. Feet. There's like, so much snow like out there. Snow. Stay it's on the twenty foot wide trail because it's four right. feet deep yeah. on the side. Don't, yeah. don't pass on the edge. So what can people expect at the expo? They pick up their stuff. There's there's like. I don't even know how many. Yeah, great T-shirt. Um, lots of vendors. You're gonna be there. Um, Otso, Terrain Tires, Freewheel, Forty Five North. Um, Forty Five North is gonna have a really great setup there. Freewheel's gonna have a big setup inside. Um, so lots of stuff inside the Great Hall and outside the Great Hall. Um, so there'll be a lot of people there. There'll be a lot of um, 
people you can ask questions about tire pressures or what tires to run, try out some new equipment, uh, just kind of see what's what's going on in the fat bike world right now. So so coming up early on Friday and, and getting some riding in and, and talking to all the people there, I think will be a really good good deal. Okay. So Saturday, what's the schedule for Saturday? Then we'll Saturday, seven thirty AM bike plate pickup starts. Okay. Pick up your bike plate if you didn't on Friday and you might want to get there early on Friday. Just make sure you get your t shirt size that you want and, and all that stuff. Friday um, I would push that too. Friday it's yeah. worth coming to I'd town take the day early. Off, go up come up Thursday <sighs> yeah. night. It's actually sometimes nice. the most fun. There's so many people just throughout the day. It's never like super busy, but you know, there's groups coming in and out, going out for a little half hour ride, an hour yeah. ride. It's worth it, you know. Even if you're in the cities or Midwest, Midwest Wisconsin, take a half a day, get up here by early afternoon, ride a little bit. Yeah. It's gonna be sunny and thirty. I mean, yeah, well, I yeah. but it gives you that right to get your shirt played up. It's just a versus sometimes in the morning. Let's face it, it's, it's a, a little, little chaotic stressful. when you got a thousand yeah. plus yep. people trying to get ready to go. Yeah, yeah. But and you it, can pick your bike plate up on Saturday morning okay. and get your T-shirt and everything that you need too. Okay. So you sure? I'm sure. <laughs> the other thing too is Saturday morning is what happens. A lot of people, especially newer people, is they're planning to come to get their stuff. They kept their bike inside. They aired it up inside. Then they come outside and realize that that or they aired it down rather. They're right. like, "Well, it's going to be this tire pressure." They air it down. They get outside. It's cold, and all of a sudden they have a flat tire. Now you're rushing because now the tire's flat because you tried it out with the air pressure and the cold shrank or compressed. What would you call that? Shrinkage. Shrinkage. Um, and now you're rushing around to get your stuff. So just get on Friday. Right. All right. Uh, course is different. Course is different. So the 47K starts at 9 a.m. It's all jumps. It's all jumps. Yeah. Just going to be so rad. Actually, yeah. Kurt Actually. just made a huge mountain. <laughs> yeah. So like there's... Pretty much he, yeah, he groomed a huge mountain down, and then you go straight up Telemark, and then he made another mountain. Right. But so like, Yeah, it's just... It's 20 laps up and down <laughs> Telemark. That's all it is. No... No, actually, it's not. Okay. But and there are no jumps on the on the course. But if you come on Friday, you can try out the jumps. Okay. Um. So forty seven K starts at nine a.m. Uh. This year it goes, um, out the start to the power lines and then gets on the classic trail. Um. And then comes back in on the skate trail. The last uh, the last few years it's been the opposite of that. Okay. So out Any the classic. Any particular reason you changed it? Or just something. Um. Because we added in the tour. So in order to get the tour gotcha. to peel off off of the 47 and 21 K, um, it just worked better to go out the classic trail and come back in on the skate trail. Yeah. And don't you think too, anecdotally, we've heard from a lot of riders because yes. we had run it that way in the past when it started in downtown cable mm-hmm. that it just flowed a little better. Yep. Um, I will tell you, you know, just, yeah, yeah, there's still lots of hills. Yeah. Up and down. <laughs> As many ups and downs. <laughs> so it'll still, still be good. Still 47K. Still 47K. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what, then at 9.15, the 21K starts. Um, that also goes out the start through the power lines, gets on the classic trail. And then at Timber Trail, it uh, cuts off onto the old Corlopit Trail and goes around Mount Telmark and then comes into the finish that way. Um, so that, that course is basically the same except for going out the classic trail to Timber Trail. Okay. Then 9.30 is the 10K Tour, uh, and that uses a combination of Berkey trails and some ski trails um, to make, I wouldn't say an easy course, because up in that area, there is no such thing as an easy course, but it's a shorter course, and we've taken out some of the big hills, so um, don't be afraid to have to walk on some of those hills, um, but they're not, they're not the big hills that you would see on the 47K, for instance, Um, so they're, they are 
somewhat easier, um, but still what a challenging I, yeah, course. Yeah, what I would say, if anybody is nervous, it's really fun. It's really wide, so you don't have to worry. It's not like riding single right. track. Right, it's not single track. You're not going to run just, into trees. You can, yeah. You've got plenty of room. There's plenty of room to walk if you need to. It's a no-judgment zone. Right. So, and if you, you know, do need to fall, you can always just go off the trail and It's not light in. and fluffy. <laughs> she, it is. It's light it and is. fluffy all the way to the ground. All right. I think that's good. If anybody has any questions with the... About the race themselves, they can go to Berkey.com. Registration's open until Thursday night, you said. Yep, if we don't fill up before then, so I would okay. not wait. Yeah, and there's not many spots. It's going to fill up with conditions, predictions, the, the forecast. I'm only in it's, charge of the weather. Yeah. That's all I got. Right. <laughs> so before I finish, I don't know if you have to get going. Um, I wanted to ask you guys a question, and this comes up all the time, and it, it comes up more and more, actually. Maybe I'm just getting involved with the discussion more and more. But the idea that people... They don't get angry, but they are constantly complaining about registration fees. I was in a discussion with some, it was a running discussion about some event and she was complaining, some group, Upper Midwest, I think, uh, trail runners. But she just asked, her, her thing is like these races keep asking or keep wanting us to sign up earlier. The fees are going up and now it's like I'm four events in and the fees, I have $1,000 into it and I have to do it you know, a year ahead of time. And I just, there's more and more of that discussion. So mm-hmm. my question to you, you guys, Ben, obviously you're like work 23 hours a day. You do all in Christy, your volunteer position. No, just kidding. <laughs> Christy's not a volunteer. She works <laughs> constantly, but you guys have really good perspective and deal with thousands of people. Uh, why is it different for me to go get my oil changed, pay $50? It's just a given. It's part of the service. It's a service. But when I, when people go to register for an event that's the same or maybe a hundred bucks, whatever, they're paying for the event. Why is it viewed as a different service? Like what, what is the, why? I'm not just making it up. I know it's a thing. Right. For sure um, it is. Why is that? Why is that? Do you have any idea? I think, I think part of it is because you can't change your oil on your own but you can go run but you and you can yeah you could yeah and lots of people do i mean any right. service you so can. i would say but i would say lots of people don't and i don't know if that's because they feel like i can go and run or ride or ski on my own but i can't do that on my own and that's why it's not valued as much um and i i don't think people look at all the services that a race actually provides the the food the um insurance the amenities i mean the the tents and the the i mean all of that stuff costs a, a lot of money and i don't think people put that together they see us using a trail on public land and that so it shouldn't cost us that much to put it on where they're not looking at everything that we're providing for them they're the food on course and after course and their shirts and and then it takes you know, you see an event that only happens a couple of days, but that's months and months of planning. And yeah, that's lots of people that need to be able to put it on even just those few days. Um, yeah. Just the time discussing where the noon guy and the chocolate milk guy is going to be. That's like an hour to figure out like just, hey, I should go here, should go. That's like such a minor thing that could be an hour worth of discussion. I'm just bringing right. it up as an example. Well, because I think, I think we're, we're – we really want to think through all of our logistics to make sure that it makes sense. I mean, we could throw that stuff out there in 15 minutes, but you won't have as good of experience or as good of flow. And we're really trying to, to make sure that everyone is happy on the course and after the course. And that, 
um, I don't think people realize how much time and energy that takes to put all that together. Yeah. And I think too, one of the, I think there's room for both. And I, we have this discussion with high school skiing actually all the time. I think it's great that you can pay 15 bucks for a race uh, down in XYZ. They're going to throw out two orange cones. They're going to hand time it and you're done. Awesome. A great way for somebody that wants that experience. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, then the other end of that spectrum is to tr- try and create an event experience that is almost as if you are at the World Cup or, or at this level where, gosh, they're really taking care of me. So that means, right, that you're going to have X amount of aid stations and you're going to have this much uh, food at the end and you're going to have porta potties and tents and insurance and medical and all those things that make it that level of an experience. And so I think there's this whole continuum. And same thing. I can go to a Vikings game and I can, or a Twins game or a Brewers game and buy a bleacher seat or I can buy a box seat. Two very different experiences. I think that's the same with events. You can have one event that's entry level, have a great experience there, but then I think you can also have one at the other end that has a very different set of expectations as well as a very different set of, of uh, sort of what that experience comes to be. And so it's, I think, uh, I think Christy makes a good point that we think of recreation often being as something that's, you know, oh, I just go do it. And even the silent sports. I mean, I was just looking at Kurt and I were going back and mm-hmm. forth this weekend about, you know what a daily lift pass is at Vail? Oh, I don't even know. Two. 174 bucks okay. if you want to go to Vail yesterday. That's for the day. So now mind you, but people pay, lots of people pay it, right? I mean, it's versus to say, gosh, I'm going to pay a hundred bucks to go to a race. Well, I don't know what's going to, you know, what's involved with that. And when you actually, if you were to break it down and realize, wow, that's actually a pretty darn good deal. But there is that stereotype that revolves around what what that may be or may not. And so I think as an organization, we just say, you know what? We're going to put on the absolute best experience we can, and we're going to charge whatever it takes to make that happen. And mm-hmm. for some people, it works. For some, it doesn't. We're fortunate enough, too, then, to have a great group of sponsors that, that offset a lot of that money. We have donors and members so that we actually – the race fee does cover just about all of it, but then you add in the sponsors and the members and the donors to then actually right. make it work. Right. Otherwise, mm-hmm. in all honesty, the race fee would probably be twice yeah. what it is. Yep. And so, right. and um, we're a nonprofit. Like you know, I think a lot of people forget that we're a nonprofit. We're not. We're not charging more on your entry fee, so I make more money. <laughs> that's that's yes, get that out of your head. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, the you thing know, is, we're trying to do good with that money too, and encourage more people and put on more programming. And I think people need to keep that in their mind yeah. too. I, I want to be careful with the nonprofit because a lot of people don't understand tax, like status, and like that right. kind of thing. So they think nonprofit, and they think you're volunteering. Yeah, you're exactly. volunteering. Everybody's just volunteering on their own because they're good people and they have money magically showing up somewhere else. So like, I, I like to steer clear of that is because a lot of people end up using it as marketing. Then they think you're just volunteering when they really should know. Like the, like what he just said is like fact is like you get this amount. And I always what I always do with my events is I say when this whole thing comes up. What I say is, do you want the event to happen once or do you want this to go beyond me and just sustain itself? Because without funding and money and things happening, it's never going to happen. Like, it's cool. Yeah, you can go do that $15 one this year and next year. And then those people are going to get sick of doing it and they're never going to. It's going to be gone. So what do you want? Do you want me to just do it until I'm tired or do you want it to be something that's like goes on and on? 
then that's, it creates those traditions and then that's what builds the community because I think when you get those sustainable events, the sustainable events build community and build the sort of that, yeah, I do it every year. Instead of just that's the right. thing to do. And then it yeah. brings new people right. and it creates that medium now because it's sustainable. Like, hey, so-and-so, you should come with me this year. I'm going to do it again and you're going to love it. And then right. you build, our community gets bigger and bigger, whether it's fat bikers or runners or skiers, yeah. whatever. It doesn't matter. And the help on the other side too. I mean, yeah. not to say you're replaceable, you're replaceable because we all are. All are. Right. But like somebody could step in either one of your roles and just get, you know, going. So my answer is always, well, what do you want? Do you yeah. want to just this now and be done or what do you yeah, want? No, so, really true. But all right. Anything else you guys you want to leave people with? Well, Area, you know, concluder. You got one concluder. What do you think? Uh, one tip, maybe stop at Miller's. Uh, just one tip from each review that uh, listeners should know as they're coming up Fat Bike Berkey. Yeah, I think grab somebody new to, and, and come on up with them. Either show them the race or, or get them out on a demo bike on Friday and, and just try it out. Don't be uh, super intimidated by us. Um, I think we do have a pretty challenging course, but it's doable by all different levels. And you have plenty of time to be out there. It's going to be a beautiful day. So just enjoy it. I guess if I was going to relive my experience living in uh, 2118 Van Buren, right down there by McAllister, I would uh, <laughs> leave at about 9, 9 in the morning. I'd get up here. I'd stop at Miller's Market and get myself a sandwich and uh, maybe a Diet Coke. Uh, roll up through cable, get there about eh, noon 31, go for a little ride, get my number, uh, check out what's going on. Probably uh, after that, stop back at Velo Cafe, get some coffee and, and cable. Then I go check into my resort, VRBO, wherever you happen to be staying. Probably would head back in to mix and get some pizza Friday night. And then uh, Saturday morning, get up ready to roll and uh, have one hell of a good time. So that's what I would do. That's my tip. That's a pretty good plan. That's my yeah. plan. And if you bring a lavender latte to the race director, the event director, uh, it'll all go off lavender, much better. Lavender latte. <laughs> That's what my do you favorite. Even, they have, have, little, you know? have the lavender latte at the Bellow Cafe. Oh, it's, so the one I like, really and I, I'm not like a $5 drink person, but I have to budget it because they have, uh, it's like rosemary brown sugar I latte haven't tried that one yet. It's really good. I need to but try that. Five you, I mean, you could bring that to like me too. Five dollars. I can't. <laughs> That's why I just, say you could bring it to me. Were we just talking about <laughs> cost versus service? I know, <laughs> but like, but I have to budget it. You know, See, there's like, Folgers. I got to mentally <laughs> switch my brain on that one. I'd buy it. I'd yeah. give him money. So, um, but all right, guys, thank you very much. Appreciate it. And uh, listeners, if you are interested, there's still registration available. Berkey.com. Any questions? Uh, they sh- where should they email? I'm not going to give your personal. Uh, Berkey at Berkey.com. Berkey at Berkey.com. Yep. All right. And if you want to volunteer too. Yes. Berkey yeah. at Berkey.com. All right. Yeah. Cool. We'll find something for you to do. Right. Well, thank you. Sounds good, Ben. Thanks for coming yeah, by. Thanks. thanks. I might get stuck in the mud, but I'd rather get lost out here than anywhere else. I'm going to pedal around in that Midwestern.